Hello and welcome to the Losing the Line podcast. Chris here, I hope you are staying well and keeping safe as always. And we are back with our midweek podcast to review the SWPL2 action from Wednesday night and also the Scotland women's national team friendly at Northern Ireland, which is literally finished about 17 minutes ago. Um, so, of course, I'm not alone to do that. I'm joined as always by Campbell Ferguson. Campbell, how are you doing, buddy? Um, I fine. It's been a long 17 minutes, but it was a long 90 before that. So, hi. Let's just record. <laughs> Bursting with enthusiasm today. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Scotland game, I think, last of all, because there isn't lots to talk about with that one. A few point talking points, but I think we're going to fire into SWPL too, because that is that was a primary reason for this podcast this week. And we are going to start um, at Nether Craigs, um, where Campbell trotted his way out to Nether Craigs to watch Queen's Park take on League Leaguers Aberdeen. So Campbell, I'll let you use that brimming enthusiasm you entered the pod with to talk us through the game. You're to blame for the lack of enthusiasm, right? Um, it was a new venue, which is obviously always good. Um, Grass Park as well, something you're not maybe used to seeing SWPL 2 as often as you'd expect, but it didn't affect the game too much. Both teams tried to play. I mean, early on, Queen's that kind of half chance. Uh, with Sophie McGoldrick, Aberdeen as well, a few shots that didn't really trouble Rachel Cadell. There was not much happening from about quarter of the way through the first half. I caught an hour in, sorry, until about just before half time when Aberdeen, another shot that Eva Thompson fired over. And it was good that it wasn't a case of the league leaders running away with the game, but it wasn't exactly very exciting. Um, and then in the second half, Aberdeen kind of stepped up a wee bit. Queens of the goal disallowed correctly for offside, and then Aberdeen were beginning to show a wee bit of class. Um, good save from a Chloe Gover shot from the keeper, and then Queens basically gifted Aberdeen a goal. It was a silly pass from um, Beth McLeod straight to um, Francesca Ogilvy, who has taken a good touch and then has sent a good finish, to be fair, air over uh, Rachel in the goal, who was a wee bit off a line, but it was a good finish. And it kind of from then on became comfortable for Aberdeen. I mean, when the leaders go a goal up against the side as far down the table as Queen's are, you're kind of expecting it to come that way. And I think Aberdeen knew Queen's would be tired a wee bit quicker than they would, especially with the thin squad that they had. And then the Queen's defence stopped, wanting offside. They got Johan Fraser, who had timed the run perfectly. I remember at the time, listening to everyone morning, she was never offside. And then was kind of thrown at the, big, uh, thrown at the box on the ground by Christine McKinnon. And it was well taken, to be fair, from Francesca for a second goal. And it really just put the game beyond any doubt for um, for Aberdeen. And then they barely kicked off again when uh, they hit the post. And then Lauren Gordon was supposedly tripped in the box. I mean, the angle I had uh, didn't look like there was much contact with it. A little bit bothered than one, but the referee at the wrong side of it gave the decision. And then Francesca again stood up and scored another very good penalty in the net. Completely a hat-trick and give what on paper was a comfortable win for Aberdeen but probably really wasn't that comfortable um, in the grand scheme of things Yeah, uh, I mean I think I've, I've obviously was known it for quite a long time in that game and I was, I was as I said working on Wednesday night so I wasn't able to get to any of the games and as I was coming back from, from my shift um, I uh, I was checking the scores and I could see that Queen's Park had held on for quite a while, I watched the goals that had kind of been put up uh, via SWPL I think it was to put them up um, so I managed to watch them and yeah, I thought the, the the second penalty decision from the angle that you can see on screen, it looked like it was quite harsh. It did look like the defender kind of got hold of the ball. But I mean, I think the thing for Aberdeen and for anybody that plays Aberdeen is you're either going to be Aberdeen travelling down to, to the Central Belt midweek or you're going to be a Central Belt team travelling up to Aberdeen midweek. And it's a bit 
bit of a cliche, but that trip midweek, especially with obviously all the things that the world we're still living in and obviously the, the out-of-football commitments that players will have, wins in either direction are going to be a good result for, for whether it's Aberdeen here or, I say here because we're both in Glasgow, but Aberdeen and Glasgow or somewhere in the central belt, as it would be if somebody was to be Aberdeen up north. Yeah, I mean, it was Aberdeen's last real long trip of the season, um, for midweek games at least, where that'll probably help them in the long run. I mean, they've got a big enough gap as it is that you'd fancy them to be decided to be, to be comfortably in the promotion spots, if not title winners. Um, but it was a game where I think, I mean, they're not used to playing on grass, obviously, but either side is. And Queen's did, they did very well, to be honest, Queen's holding their own, as I say, they had a lot of players missing, they had two of their 19 squad um, that came off the bench in this game, and they held Aberdeen well, but it was just Aberdeen's kind of, their fitness maybe even, that they did look a lot stronger towards the end of the game, where Queen's really tired a wee bit, and in the end it was it was comfortable for them, but it's a good win on the road, and what could have been a tricky tie, given say, the pitch and conditions and what have you, but Aberdeen managed the game very well, and at the end of the day it's, it's another three points for them, so... I think they'll be very better pleased with a with a long trip. Of course, you were at the game, so afterwards you spoke to Hattrick Hero for Jessica Ogilvy, Aberdeen co-manager Emma Hunter, and Queen's Park head coach Mark Kirk, and this is what they had to say. Um, a long trip, but it was worth it in the end, obviously, Fran. Hattrick be yourself. How good was tonight? Uh, I think we can all agree the first half wasn't our best play, probably our worst play of the season. We couldn't could barely string three passes together. But um we stuck in. Second half, obviously, we got got a goal, got a couple of pens, so good to come out 3-0, keep, keep a clean sheet as well. Queen's been it tough obviously for you in the first half, but was it just a case at half-time of saying, look, we, we know we're in the league, where we are in the league for a reason and just do what we can do to, to be stronger in the second half? Yeah, obviously games, away games are never good, especially with Covid, you can't come in early, so you're coming off the bus, you're feeling a bit groggy, it's grass pitch, we train on Astro, so it's a bit rubbish, so first half didn't go how we wanted, so at half-time just said, look, you know, coming off a 7-0 win, you know, the 1-0 wins are actually the ones where we're going to win the league so obviously I'm not saying we're going to win the league but obviously these are the games that we need to do our best in and just even a 1-0 win just get the three points that's all that matters. Um, it's quite a heavy pitch like you said how tough was it to adjust to this compared to the part you used to? Yeah it took a while I don't think I don't think we warmed up very well obviously that's just getting used to the grass first half definitely getting used to the grass uh, so second half I think we didn't really have any excuses we were used to the grass so yeah we played a bit better in the second half and yeah as you say really tidying on the legs. From a personal point of view though and Hattrick for you just how proud of that are you? Yeah, I'm happy. Uh, I was actually the most nervous for the third one, the second pen. Um, but obviously, not taking credit for three goals. We all worked super hard. I think everyone came off that pitch tired. So credit to everyone else, all my teammates as well. How challenging was it, taking a second penalty so close after the first one? Oh, I couldn't believe it. When you pointed to the spot the second time, I thought, do I go the same way? Do I go a different way? So honestly, I don't even know what's going through my head. I think I just hit it as hard as I could. Um, 3-0, maybe not as comfortable as the scoreline no. suggests, but what were, you, what were your thoughts on your size performance? Yeah, look, I think we talked about this at training all, uh, all week, really, that when you were coming down a game like this, when it, it was exactly how we expected it, where, you know, they made it difficult for us, you know, they, they pressed us really high up the pitch, um, they actually were playing, trying to break the line and play long balls and behind us. And it's a style that doesn't suit us. But today was we talked about it a lot about it was finding a way to win the game, and that was really what we needed to do. And I felt like we did that. I think the players were great. They kept composure. The first half, I think we were getting started to get frustrated by the fact we had chances and not scoring. But the second half, 
I think we calmed them down at half time. We just gave them a few key points to work on and reassured them that goals would come if they continued to, to keep plugging away and, and shift the ball that little bit quicker across the back line to open up more space. So I felt like they took on the information at half time and, and yeah, we were able to, to, to score that three goals. But like I said, we did have a lot of chances and I think if we'd taken one of those early chances, it could have been a different game and we maybe could have scored more. But yeah, but it's tough. Queen's Park are obviously a better side as well than the table suggests I mean, yeah. in that first half it was quite tight what did you change to make it that bit different in the second period? I think for us it was all about um, they, we, were, we were making it easy for them so we knew we're, we're quite a fit team and we're quite quick and for us we're, we're, they were compact in the middle and we needed to use the wide areas more so we needed to try we were using the wide areas but tending to try and always force it down the same side so for us it was we needed to shift the ball um, out from the back and, and across the other side and, and try and break the lines that way and, and almost earn the right to play in those wide areas and, and not just force it down the same side So and then we obviously made a couple of changes I think that um, made us control the midfield a little bit better as well and had more control of the possession which created more chances so yeah that, that mainly was it but for me, it was just about continuing to do a lot of the good things that we were trying to do, and, and I think the goals were going to come. How important was it to score as early as you did in the second half, given obviously yeah. the way the game was going? Could it have become a different night for you? A hundred percent, and I think like the way the first half went, as the half went on, we became more frustrated and, and, and nervous about the fact we hadn't scored. So a hundred percent, that first goal was critical. And, I think as a as a manager at the side, that was a huge sigh of relief when it went in the net. And then I think you just know that maybe there's a couple more going to come after that because you can relax a bit more. But I still felt at times Queen's Park put us under a bit of pressure as well, which is credit to them. And I know they've done that to uh, almost every team they've played. And you're right, they're really unfortunate, in my opinion, to be where they are in the league. But they should be really proud of their performance today. Two wins, obviously, to um, restart the season as well. There's maybe on paper some, some tougher tasks to come. But yeah. Is it just a case now of telling the squad's going to keep your head and play the football you've been putting all season to, to try and get that job done? Yeah, and a lot of these fixtures are, are at home, so we've done the hard task away from home uh, in the first part of it with some of these fixtures. So we've got the comfort of knowing that we're at home and on a pitch that you know we're comfortable playing on, and that's that makes a big difference, that confidence when you're playing. But um, yeah, look, I think there's a lot of tough games coming up, but... We've got a couple of players missing as well at the moment, so to be able to do this with not a, a full squad at full depth, it's really pleasing. So hopefully when these players come back in, it'll just give us that extra lift again. So yeah, I'm excited for these games and they're coming thick and fast, so bring them on. Um, a disappointing result, but perhaps a bit of harsh scoring on your side. How would you sum up the performance? Considering we've, uh, it's probably our second game in, in six months, the squad's really stretched. Um, we've also promoted the uh, kind of 219s up to the team. I thought we I thought we competed well with a, with a good side. Um, Aberdeen sit top of the league, um, well organised, well drilled going forward. But I felt we contained them well. We frustrated them, and albeit we probably could have had our own chances in, earlier on in the in the first half that could maybe have have, have changed perhaps parts of the game. Um, so we're happy. We're happy we've competed and we've, we've worked hard. We've, we've frustrated. Just disappointed, obviously, not to pick up uh, any points for it. But. Um, I think uh, I think probably the points were deserved and uh, just the, the balance of the, the way the game played out towards the end. First half especially, as you say, that it, was, um, it was quite a tight game, but obviously you had a couple of, kind of half chances early doors. What can you change there then in terms of creating these chances to make them more clear-cut? For creating, again, it was probably getting more more, more bodies in, inside that final third. 
Um, probably at times we're, we're probably being a bit too cautious. Um, we're in moments where we can maybe convert those those chances. We probably just need more bodies in in the final third to create more patterns, more options in there. Um, I would say it's been an improvement in terms of our, our, our recent training, uh, going from last Sunday to then here. Uh, we just need to try and convert them uh, in, in those areas, and that gives the girls a bit of confidence in there. Um, again, if we maybe take one of those two chances we've had early on, we've probably got uh, the confidence then to go and, and continue to build and continue to kind of grow within the game. Lost some sloppy goals as well. How disappointing is that from your point of view? Really disappointing because we're, 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 we work a lot on our shape and being disciplined and weighing and keep our distances from our, uh, our positions and, and units. And we're probably just more disappointed in the fact in the manner of the goals where, especially probably the first goal, um, even though we've not dealt with the, um, the mistakes happened, we've not really dealt with that, uh, putting pressure on the player. And that was probably more disappointing. The penalties, um, we probably could, we didn't need to probably make this. They make the challenge. I thought the second one. To be fair, we thought we. I thought we actually won the ball in the second one. But I didn't think that was a penalty. But um, yeah, we're disappointed in the manner. Maybe we've, we've had to go into desperate defending mode. But um, these things happen. We're chasing. We're trying to chase the game. So. Um, uh, just finally as well, Sunday you're playing another team um, up at the top end of the table and then United obviously. What positives then can you take from this game and try and work them out on Sunday? Yeah, well, going from, from playing Hamilton to Aberdeen, now you've done United, it's, it's tough challenges. Um, but we've, we've shown we've competed in the past two games. We continue to do the same. Uh, prepare well, we we'll make sure analysis where we know the dangers, we know where they can have go and counter and where we can try and hurt them. Um, it'll be a tough test. They're a good side. But we've proved that we can we can we can compete with them, uh, given our last result. Um, so we go in there and we we get intentions. So let's move down from Aberdeen uh, into the race for second place as it stands at the moment, um, and let's go first to Glasgow women against Hamilton Ackies. Because uh, if I had been able to make to make it to a game, I think that's probably where I would have been heading at Greenfield Park, home of Glasgow United, the artist formerly known as the Shelton Juniors, as we talked about before. A um, couple of goal highlights went out from this one from the Aki's uh, Twitter account. I think we've got highlights from most of the games uh, from the midweek, which is great to see. It makes us obviously these conversations a lot easier. But I tell you something, Campbell, um, those two goals that uh, Hamilton scored, first through Kathleen McGovern and then from Lauren Evans, I thought that when the tweets went out, it was the same goal tweeted out twice. And I tried to watch them separately two or three times to make sure that they were indeed separate goals because... They were both cross balls into the box and both headers, and even the celebrations kind of veered off in the same direction. But um, yeah, for, for Glasgow women, they'll be disappointed that it is two very similar goals to have conceded. But for Hamilton, that's that is a game that they'll be very pleased to get a win out of for sure. Ah, well, it was Chris. To be fair, it was two good deliveries um, from Ellie Kane. Obviously, she'd said that herself in a an interview after the game with, with Ben at Hamilton that her name Minkwell had been practicing them, and I mean clearly it paid off. It's, a very clustered six-yard box, but it was two crosses right in the middle of the area there, and obviously two very good headers as well to, to score the goal. So, I mean, Aki's will be pleased with it. It could have been a tough game for them there, but it's three points and a clean sheet as well. So, I mean, that's really all they can ask for, and it keeps them just clear at the minute in setting spot. So, it's a good return to the season time for a Hamilton side that's certainly up there as, as one of the favourites. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for, for Glasgow women, that means they are now nine points behind second place with six games to go. Do you think those those kind of outside chances of them getting into that promotion spot have probably dropped off now? 
I think realistically we're probably gone before we came back. St Johnston maybe could have had could have a say, but after two defeats for them, it's probably killed that often. You know, Aki's and Thistle look good since they've come back. And of course, they'll take points off each other and the likes of United will still be up there. But I think it's certainly going to be between, obviously, the, the sides there that I've mentioned. I don't see Glasgow women or St Johnston really being, being anywhere close to it, unfortunately. But at least we'll still have a few teams challenging for that second spot. I tell you what, Campbell, you mentioned Partick Thistle, so let's move on to their game against the Johnson up in Perth. Um, uh, what's happened in the first half of this one and then a, a quieter second half? Um, Partick Thistle took the lead through Claire Doherty. We will get onto that goal in a wee second before Amy Henderson equalised. Uh, then Cheryl McCulloch with her second goal in two games and uh, Jade Gallon winner who is back from our own spell at Motherwell and SWPL1. But we'll, we'll go through the goals and we have to start with the first goal because <laughs> the phrase we use a lot is you wouldn't want to watch that one back. I mean, I kind of find myself watching it back just out of the, the morbid curiosity of what happened. Um, the ball kind of put, put through. It kind of looked like Claire, uh, Claire Doherty was kind of chasing, chasing the ball down. Nicola Davis and Becca Cameron looked like they had it covered, but I'm a miscommunication. A, a swing and a miss of the leg. Nicole, Nicola Jameson um, kind of brings down Becca Cameron. It gives Claire Doherty a pretty easy tap in. I mean, sometimes you just get to kind of look at something like that and go, well, you know, it's not great, but I, I got, I, <laughs> this might not be a popular thing to say, I got a little bit of joy in that after, during a very stressful day. It was, um, I'm sure, no no ill will intended, but it's definitely one of those goals that if, if there were still 90s BBC VHSs about calamities, it, it might, might have made it into it. Would, I mean, I was saying to you before we started talking, obviously, that I had a wee bit of sympathy with Nicola Jameson and the fact that it's come off her standing foot and then she's went to swipe at the ball and it bounced away and you were having absolutely none of that. I mean, keeper shouldn't have been racing out the box there unless you're coming out and taking everything. So the lack of communication clearly made a mess of it. I mean, it's not one they want to watch back, obviously. like You do feel for players when that happens, but the doctor is in the right place to put it in the net and it's... It's not the best way to start a game, of course it's not, but this will got that going. It seemed to be fairly in control despite yes, St. Johnson obviously getting the equaliser, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not one that anyone would really want to watch back again. No, but I mean, full credit to St. Johnson because he got straight back into it, like literally a couple of minutes later, uh, Amy Henderson getting the ball in the back of the net, and at one each you thought, you know, this could be a quite a good contest. St. Johnson have caused teams problems throughout the season, but... Thistle have been in the what I've seen with Thistle in terms of the, their game against Birmingham at the weekend of the highlights of this game. Thistle have been impressive, and Cheryl McCulloch's been, I think I said it in the last pod, good sign for them to get in her second goal from a header. And then Jade Gallen bringing her back down from, from Motherwell uh, in terms of the loan period she had up in SWPL1. Uh, a really nice finish to make it 3 1, and that is a good result for part of Thistle, much like we were talking about with Aberdeen teams having to travel. Travel north um, and teams haven't travel south. Likewise, that's a, that's a good result for Partick Thistle midweek. A good result. I mean, two games to, to start by that was certainly the one they would have looked at as being a bit of a banana skin going away up there to, which is not an easy place to play in Perth. It's another one that's quite a tight pitch, but to go up there and win the way they have done, they'll be pleased with that. I mean, they were a side that didn't always look maybe as convinced as they should have been um, earlier on in the season. But again, as we say, that's two games now where they've scored plenty of goals. Um, to restart and it's it's a good win it keeps them kind of level obviously with Aki's in the end they're still obviously well in with a shout 
I'm not sure they can really ask for me. I'm looking forward to seeing them on Sunday, see how they've changed, because you look at the squad, even the bench, it's, it's a lot stronger than they were at the start of the season. They have made some really good signings in there, like we touched on um, earlier on in the week. So, aye, it's been, it's been a good return to action for Thistle. Let's see if they can keep that up when they're, they're back again at the home of football on Sunday. Oh, Mary Hill is wonderful, eh? Um, but yeah, I mean, for St. Johnson, I think, as we've we've kind of alluded to with Glasgow, I, mean, I think it's very much a case of who's going to finish, like, in that top five. Or if we're going to, we did a top four in SWPL1, so why not do a top five in SWPL2 um, along with Glasgow and Queen's Park and, and Kilmarnock? Um, so let's move on to Kilmarnock, uh, who are at home to Boroughmuir Thistle. Um, a 3-1 victory for them, who Kilmarnock have actually made a pretty good start to it, and also picking that, up that point away to Dundee United uh, on Sunday. And a 3-1 win, although they went 1-0 down, uh, an own goal from uh, Laura Neal, a crossball. And yeah, just I think you suggested that before we started recording, maybe just went with the, went with the wrong leg uh, to kind of open the score for Boroughmuir. Yeah, I mean, if you're a defender and you score an own goal, and then you want to lose the game, which I did. Are you going to win the game? Sorry, which I've done a couple of times myself. He as well just going on, you know, what, what a great finish it was. And just take it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of what we have to do with that, but I don't think it's really cared given Kelly if they went on to win the game. Four points from their first two games back for a team that started second bottom. They'll have known they're, they're a better side than that, Comanet, clearly. Um, okay, I'll see them also again on Sunday, but they're a team that has now got a few, some of the signings have brought in, and Lisa Swanson have now got a proper striker who will score you goals. And will cause bother up front, certainly. And um, they've shown that again the other night. I mean, going behind early on, they've done well to bounce back um, to then take the three points. And again, Rugby Park's not an easy place to go in this league, especially obviously the biggest stadium there. But um, yeah, it's, it's impressive from Kilmarnock. They, they showed some good stuff as well on Sunday, as I say, um, earlier on in the week. So I'm looking forward to see how they go on. They're a team that kind of were always going to be out of the, the promotion spots when it came back to the season restarting again. But they're certainly, quite like St. Johnson, they're one of these teams that could certainly have a say in who does go up when they're, they're playing against them, um, when they're playing against these sides in the league. So uh, we'll see um, see how they get on. Just laughing because Chris has left his room as we're talking. And I'm back in the room. Uh, yeah, my door went and I uh, just like, yeah, we'll keep talking. But it's all good. It's all good. We're all good. Um, so, yeah, uh, obviously to seal a 3-1 win, uh, they have to score three goals after going 1-0 down. Uh, and Equalizer came via... Shelley Campbell. Oh, Shelley Campbell. I've got it written down in front of me as well. <laughs> Been a long night tonight. Yeah, it was a very good finish, to be fair to Shelley. It was one of these ones like we talked about. Sometimes you get an SWPL2 goal where it just seems to float over the keeper, but this one wasn't that. It was, it was poor goalkeeping in the first place, but it's, it's a very good finish to measure that shot um, back over the keeper in the net. So I should deserve some credit for that finish. It was very well taken. Yeah, it was real. It was uh, quick thinking because uh, the kick out came, came straight out and she hit it. And because uh, the Birmingham keeper was Charlotte Ferguson was off her line, it made it, made it a good finish. And then from there, Lisa Swanson free kick, which was parried out. And Alex Weatherton was there to score her third goal in two games. Uh, before uh, I thought actually Birmingham had a couple of chances to bring it back. Nothing like that uh, Lauren McGregor couldn't deal with. But then to make it 3 1, uh, Abby Robinson on the count, a really good finish from Abby Robinson um, to make it 3 1. And as you say, uh, a good result for them and they'll be looking to push on up the table now after a, a good return to football after the extended break which brings us on to the last game of SWPL2 that, for people listening to this you have no idea how much editing has had to go into this podcast today <laughs> um, but uh, into the final game of SWPL2 from midweek Southern University 1 Dundee United 5 
Appointment for Dundee United obviously keeps him within a point of Hamilton Ackies and Patrick Thistle in the race for second place, which I think we both agree between those three sides. Uh, a double for Danny McGinley and a hat-trick for Laurie Ross. Uh, Robin Gallagher getting the goal for Southern University. Again, good for Dundee United to get that win and keep them within within the touching distance of uh, Partick and Hamilton with games between all three of those sides against each other still to come. Yeah, it was must win for United after um, drop points as they all see it on Sunday. Um, but they were comfortable enough, I think, really on have scored fairly early on in this game and from I can obviously not see anything from it, but what we've what we read of it, it was it was fairly comfortable once they got the goal. Sterling, um from what I've heard the both Sterling's games since they've come back, they've taken two heavy defeats, but they have played some good football by all accounts and it's it's just gonna it's tough when you're running a team, obviously, as we see throughout a university. It's it's not as easy as some of these other sides who who are obviously kind of training a lot more, but it's, it's what United had to do and it's a win that will mean a lot to them I mean they've not really been kind of firing all cylinders since obviously at least even slightly before it there was just something about United that just doesn't seem quite right and you hope that they'll keep that they'll take a bit of confidence from um, from this game sorry and go on and maybe get another three points at the weekend in a game that they will fancy hope McQueen's Park but it's the sort of game where they really have to keep winning if they've got any any aspirations of going up there because just from what we've seen in the Greece that Aki's and Thistle look kind of relentless whereas United you have the feeling that if any of the three teams are going to drop off, they could be that side. So they'll just need to guard against complacency, I think. And if they can win again on Sunday, then of course that can all change. Yeah, absolutely. But as it stands, very much a, a, a three-horse race. Bit of a cliche, but obviously so much editing to do, so we'll just carry on with it. Um, looking at the games on Sunday, uh, there's no Aberdeen versus Glasgow women. I think this is due to the Scotland Youth International call-ups that... I think pretty much all of the Aberdeen squad are involved somewhere or other if they're underneath that age range, I think, at the moment. Uh, Burnley of Thistle take on Stirling University. Dun United at home to Queen's Park. Uh, part of this is against Kilmarnock, which is an always where you are planning on heading. And I think I'm going to be heading to the Fountain of Youth Stadium or New Douglas Park or whatever we're going to call it for Hamilton Ackies against St. Johnson. So those are the games on Sunday. Um, obviously, keep it out to see what games become available and have them on while you're watching the Euros or don't even watch Euros and watch them instead. That seems like a much better thing to do, eh? Um, speaking of the Euros, obviously Scotland's and women's national team aren't making the Euros, but they were in friendly action earlier on. Slim, seamless, seamless. There you go. Uh, and they got picked up a win, a win against Northern Ireland in Belfast. A Caroline Weir penalty, uh, kind of halfway through the second, well, towards the back end of the second half, secured the one 0 win. Um, not, not tons to talk about. Debuts for Brianna Vestrop, Leah Eddy, and Christy Grimshaw, which was, which was good to see. But yeah, not, not a super eventful game, Campbell. No, it wasn't. I mean, I know that. I know Northern Ireland had a lot of players, um, obviously missing. Scotland made a lot of changes to the team that we usually see, and started off kind of a bit after the first five minutes. Or maybe we were going to go and take this game in Northern Ireland, and in the end, nothing really happened. And then obviously, it was, it was a penalty late on. It's the defender just kind of too slow and um, getting the ball. I think it was Tony Finnegan that made the foul in the end, and it's. Christy Murray's just, you know, that kind of diminutive mid, mid, midfield player. I can't even words it. Um, diminutive midfield player that, that's going to get in in front of the defenders like that was brought down clearly. And it's well tucked away by Caroline Weird, but really is all there was to say about it. And it was never an easy game, especially um, playing at that pitch as well. It's quite tight um, at Crusaders ground there, um, Seaview, I think it was. But it's a win and it's a positive, although as I've seen your tweets going to allude to it as well. Without any manager, you're thinking, what, what are the targets here? What's the point? But Scotland won, so we'll be positive about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm positive about the fact Scotland won. I'm positive about the fact we've got some debuts out there. I thought 
Brianna Vest up, showed up well for what she had to do. Yeah, he didn't have tons to do in the second half when she came on, but showed up well. I did think Chrissy Grimshaw, if she was going to come on, give her like some proper time on the pitch, coming on for two minutes. Obviously amazing to make your debut, but give her some proper time, especially in a game that was so kind of flat. I mean, I think one of the things that did happen at halftime, Fiona Brown came on and she definitely added a bit of energy um, up top. Um, so I think that was definitely a, a positive in that respect. But yeah, 1-0 win, victory, thumbs up. Um, hopefully a bit more entertainment against uh, Wales on Tuesday night, but we will see what see what that brings, um, which I think wraps up the podcast for tonight. It has been, been some ride, Campbell. <laughs> but uh, hope you enjoyed listening, Campbell. Thanks very much for, for coming on through all the power cuts and door knocks and just general forgetting things that has gone on during the record of this podcast. It's been awful. <laughs> well, hopefully the edit has rescued it a little bit. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Stay safe and we'll speak again soon.